The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. I very much enjoyed last hour's chat with John Rubino, rubino.substack.com. In case you missed it, you can check the archive. It will be uploaded very quickly, very soon. We have lecturer Stuart J. Hooper joining us in a bit. Some news. Welcome to the first inning of Carbonomics, says Marin Katusa fellow Croatian. He's a Croatian-Canadian investor, Katusa Research, uh, and he points to this story. Canada to require oil gas emissions cut of 35% to 38% in 2030. His point is, you know, he, he writes a sub comment. He says, climate change is not real. The tax is terrible, et cetera, et cetera. His point is, uh, I guess you can call him shrewd. I don't know what you call him. This is what's happening. So adjust accordingly i guess when it comes to preparing and investing uh so they're saying canada will require its oil and gas industry to cut emissions to 35 percent below 2019 levels in six years and what the government is calling a historic first for the ma for a major fossil fuel producing country so uh, i'm not sure if i'd feel comfortable investing in future tyranny but to each their own UN says, uh, more precisely, UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Volker Turk, said at a briefing in Geneva, my former home, quote, the situation in the world that I am describing is grim because these are dark times. Today, there are 55 conflicts in the world, which is a record since the Second World War. I've been talking about this for quite a while, a report today. Yesterday, today from Bloomberg, Azerbaijan warns of war risks from weapons supply to Armenia. Azerbaijan's President Aliyev warned France and India against providing Armenia with weapons he deems a threat, saying such supplies could trigger a new war in the region. Flashpoints all over the planet. Uh, so you've got that that could flare up again. And then South America, uh, you know, Belina Chakarova says uh, power abhors vacuum. The U.S. recently eased sanctions on Venezuela, targeting the oil and financial sectors. Maduro made a move on Guyana because he didn't fear any actions from the U.S. And he has a political backing from China, Russia and military aid from uh, Iran. In fact, uh, I don't know why, why did this didn't translates uh you see i read i i, I read sources from uh, in different languages uh, here's this one from brazil says maduro should invade guyana by sea predicts brazilian military summit so members of brazil's military leadership predict that maduro's venezuela will invade esequibo an oil region that represents more than 70 percent of guyana's territory from the sea and not from land uh because uh, you know, it says uh, for two reasons that the border between Venezuela and Guyana is predominantly predominantly made up of jungle, which makes it difficult for armored vehicles and Venezuelan troops 
to move around. For some reason, what just came to mind was Age of Empires. If, if, if anyone remembers that good old Microsoft video game where you got to chop down trees and get resources and then take over <laughs> your your neighbors, it really feels like, uh, you know, it's, it's we're in the new Age of Empires, uh, you know, so that's going on. Ben Norton says it's important to understand that the U.S. is using Guyana to try to, de to destabilize Venezuela. U.S. oil mega corporation ExxonMobil essentially controls Guyana's government. They're using British colonial era rulings to try to take Venezuelan oil rich. The territory, we got a, a chopper, get to the chopper helicopter with five senior uh, military officials from Guyana uh, goes missing near border with Venezuela. So they, that basically um not a good sign uh and on top of that u.s um, state department reports southcom southern command to conduct flight over guyana uh, conduct flight operations uh, starting today this exercise builds upon routine engagement and operations yada 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 uh so you know we're so we're overextended why don't we overextend ourselves some more? David Roth Lindbergh, um, commentator, reports how U.S. and Sweden have bypassed NATO. The Swedish defense minister has signed a defense cooperation agreement with the Pentagon, which gives the U.S. complete access to 17 different Swedish military bases. Not good either and and further reports on what in the on the guyana situation zero hedge reports it's rapidly deteriorating as maduro arrests opposition figures amid joint military drills with U us maduro has issued arrest warrants for opposition politicians uh, in venezuela who are challenging his move to annex oil rich esequibo these are the times that try men's souls as they say the hundred year storm is upon us as i like to call it good good day to be alive what else can i tell you what else can i um tell you and uh you know shivan fleet she's got a new book out she's uh chinese by birth american by choice she's an immigrant to america and uh she's putting out some fascinating stuff a glimpse of life under communism a 1980 family planning certificate and if you look at this stuff uh this is an actual document from 1980 it says comrade Wu she's translated it you've answered the party's call for delayed marriage for the goal of population control in accordance with the government policy you're now scheduled to have your first child child in the year of 1980. like this is real stuff it really it sounds like technocracy it basically sounds like what they're trying to do to us now like you know they tried this stuff with the soviet union of the chinese and now they're trying it again with the entire world absolute uh insanity so you know do check out she van fleet's x account uh all right a reminder uh that you don't have to miss out on a thing you can download the tnt radio app to your surveillance device otherwise known as your smartphone uh, either from the apple app store Google Play Store, or if you have a de-Googled phone like I do, uh, go to the Aurora store and you can still download TNT Radio. It'll uh, allow you to easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Get it now. Stay up to speed on TNT Radio. It's the stuff. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? People are talking about. Vilifying MAGO if it's not going to work. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. According to the U.S. Just us department, U.S. Justice Department, Russia-backed hackers 
conducted a sophisticated cyber campaign against American intelligence officials, including contractors at the state and defense departments, uh, or should we call them the war-making departments? Anyways, as part of an international operation that included NATO members and Ukraine, here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, codename Ruckus. Thanks, Sabori. Is it just me or has it been a while since we heard a Russian hacking somebody's story, right? So here it is, right? Uh, yay. Uh, Ruslan Alexand... Oh my goodness, I should have brushed up on my Russian. Alexandrovich Peretyakko. Uh, this is uh, an FSB officer. Um, this is one of two people who have been accused by prosecutors. The second co-defendant is Andrei Stanislavovich Korenets. All right. Uh, they have been accused of carrying out a spear phishing campaign between October 2016 and October 2022 against current and former employees of the U.S. intelligence community defense contractors and energy department facilities okay they are both part of an organization known as the callisto group uh and they allegedly um used spoof email accounts that appeared to be from legitimate individuals to trick victim victims into providing their login credentials in order to access their email accounts that is according to a federal indictment unsealed in California IA. The two are charged with one count of conspiracy to commit computer fraud and abuse. Think tank researchers and journalists in the United Kingdom and other Western nations were also targeted in the alleged Russian hacking campaign, investigators said, and just us, sorry, justice department officials placed the blame squarely at the feet of the Russian government. Yeah, this this story does feel like so last year. Um, let's quote what one assistant attorney general, Matthew Olson, who is head of the Justice Department's National Security Division, said in a statement, quote, through this malign influence activity directed at the democratic processes processes of the United Kingdom, Russia again demonstrates its commitment to using weaponized campaigns of cyber espionage against such networks in unacceptable ways, end quote. Both defendants are currently wanted by the FBI and believed to be in Russia. So, uh, yeah, uh, is this uh, one of those cases, Heroi, where history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it just rhymes? Uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I, I caught wind. Um, I, I'm not sure if it's part of the same story or related. It's I'm, I'm looking at this from Financial Times, but Stop Common Pass, which is a great um, Telegram and X account. They're out in the UK. And they've been tracking the digital ghetto, basically Common Pass. Uh, and they they if you go to their channels, they they have great um, news curated there and they shared this story uh from financial times related i think to yours titled um where is it uk accuses russia's fsb of meddling in democratic processes since 2015 and i like their comment it says as if by magic and to distract the public from the COVID inquiry it's time to wheel back in 
the Russians. Uh, and so I think that's a bit uh, of, of, of what's going on. And really, I mean, look, it's bad that the Russians, our adversary, you know, I, I don't like that paradigm. Basically, our number one adversary, or, or, you know, before the Russians is our own government. So, you know, this is what governments do. We're doing it to them. They're doing it to us. I just, I don't like the exceptionalist uh, way they frame these stories. Like, you know, the, the Russians are, you know, meddling uh, in, in our democratic process. We're also that meddling in their, their democratic process. Like, ooh, bad Russians, you know, they're meddling in our, you know, we, we can meddle in their democratic process. They just can't do it to us. And, and that, you know, that's just the way the empire um, operates. And again, we don't know who these hackers are. We know that CIA, NSA, whatever black ops organization is doing these cyber activities for the West, they can always hack stuff and leave fingerprints that make it look like it was the Russians, Kim Jong-un, the Chinese. And, you know, when it comes to the cybersphere, it's really difficult to know um, what is going on. But this is just normal that countries are trying to hack each other. You know, you and I were discussing the Cuban spy um, recently. And so this is just normal activity. But I think, you know, again, Stop Common Pass had a great point. They're playing that card uh, again. It's the Russians. You know, it's going to be elections. They're going to hack the U.S. elections, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what do you think? Or it could be um, more pieces being laid in the jigsaw puzzle known as Cyber Polygon. Yeah. So because we're, we're certainly beating that drum right now. Um, and I think these are this isn't un, these are unrelated, but related um, the, the the U.K. announcement. Uh, which was earlier Thursday about malicious cyber activity attempting to interfere in, interfere in the UK politics and democratic processes, yada, yada, yada. What's interesting about that, um, their, their National Cyber Security Center, NSCS, that's a uh, part of the UK's intelligence and security agency. They said that the, um, this is all part of a, quote, broader pattern of cyber activity conducted by the Russian intelligence services across the globe, end quote. So they're they're not the same piece, but they're related for sure. Uh, and it does paint, you know, Russia as the bad guys again. And I wonder, there's something interesting about this one that uh, they're in the reporting was that on the UK one that they were targeting journalists as as one of the people who are being targeted by these cyber criminals. And I thought, well, wait a minute, is this some sort of punishment or to try to get the, the media whipped back in the line to uh, support this idea of we need to fund Ukraine to fight Russia bad? Because it's, they have been kind of silent about that lately and support for Ukraine is waning. Usually that's bolstered by, you know, the cheerleading in the media. And we haven't seen that. So maybe this was like, was this a message to the media? Hey, get back with the program. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was a key word what you said, cyber polygon. And you're starting again to see a pattern here. Um, I was talking yesterday, Canada was speaking along the same lines. Canada was saying, oh, cybersecurity hacking is, is going to increase. We don't, we can't tell from which foreign adversaries, but for the Canadian elections, and now it's UK, and then it's USA. It's Isn't it funny how all at the same time, they, 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 they start talking from this script, uh, and you can sort of bet, you know, 2024, we know where they want to take us. 
they're they're pulling these ma- uh, rabbits out of the hat now. Cybersecurity, blah blah blah. It's cyber polygon time, and then they're gonna create some digital crisis. And the solution, you know, is the algorithm ghetto digital ID, all of that great, wonderful, warm and fuzzy stuff. So I can't wait for 2024 rockets. It's going to be it's going to be quite the ride. Get your favorite uh, drink minus coffee, uh, get your popcorn. Enjoy the show. What else can I tell you? Uh, talk to you tomorrow. Ruckus. We got Stuart J. Hooper joining us. Phone lines are open. Be right back. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours, where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Plug in. Website. TNTradio.live Check it out. Today's News Talk Radio. It's the coolest. TNT. Joining us on this guerrilla rebel transmission is Stuart J. Hooper, lecturer, PhD, researcher covering the military industrial complex, elites, war, globalism. Do follow him on Twitter X at Stuart J. Hooper, and as well as his YouTube channel of the same name. Welcome back uh, to TNT, Stuart. Great to be back, Avori. I appreciate uh, you uh, having me back on as always. We always tend to have good discussions. And uh, yeah, I think uh, X, Twitter, currently the best place to follow me. Uh, YouTube has uh, now just throttled everything, um, averaging about, I think, 60 views per video. Um, So as soon as you touch Israel-Palestine, that apparently really is the uh, the third rail. It's it's getting bad in alternative media, but we just got to keep on. Uh, keeping on, and I, I thought I'd mention as well, since you are a semi-regular guest also on Jason Burmis's program, um, I was uh, listening over the weekend. He was let go from Red Voice uh, Media, but he's uh, where, where you uh, were, were on with him there, but he's still on, I think it's called AMP News, and I saw you, you, you've followed him now to AMP News, yeah? 
Yeah, over at, uh, I think it's American Media Periscope. Yeah, AMP News. Um, they got quite a few hosts on there. Um, Jason took over their Making Sense of the Madness show. Um, yeah, well, it was a fun time. We always have a good discussion with him. And uh, yeah, he's uh, been one of the alternative media pioneers from way back at this point. Um, I've always followed his stuff. And uh, yeah, um, he was pretty influential for me and getting um his support like getting your support has been super helpful um so definitely appreciate it you know loose change um fabled enemies was his documentary on the the fake terrorism and invisible empire i really enjoyed invisible empire i actually screened it uh at my uh former workplace in, in mexico at detective monterey uh there were a time where i'd be screening films uh, and i screened invisible empire for students to come and watch really good stuff and he you know he actually on his last live stream he he did mention tnt radio he gave a shout out to us and someone asked him about documentaries and he made a good point uh you know for us to do what we're doing there has to be some financial um you know incentive financial finance there otherwise can't survive and documentaries mm -hmm. i think that makes sense why you know alex jones and others aren't making as many documentaries because um now you know everything is live streams and a lot of that stuff gets old very uh quickly uh, and there's not as much you know, it takes a lot of time to put that in there people listening well let me see you not work um you know work on something for free for many months at a time and it, it ain't gonna happen so Stuart, a lot mm -hmm. is going on venezuela uh guyana and southern command are about to pop off armenia i was mentioning earlier uh, azerbaijan was warning of uh, a new war in the region there because um Armenia was being armed by France and India uh and others of course we've got Ukraine Israel Palestine uh where should we start yeah I mean uh not really sure with that uh giant mess to contend with um I'll just briefly on, on the uh, documentary side of things um I think I would almost like to pursue something like that at some point uh some kind of documentary film um but again it's Coming out with funding for it and uh, having the time for it. It's definitely uh, on my agenda as something that I want to do at some point. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Maybe next summer I could try exploring that. I do have some ideas. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, I really want to talk to some experts in the field. Uh, there are some academics out there that are worth talking to on these issues on New World Order, elitism and things like this, globalism generally. Um, I think getting their voices out to more people would be useful. Academics tend to stay in their office um, and that tends to really be the only place that you can really find them, um, which is unfortunate because there are a few, um, again, not tons, but at least a few academics out there that are working on important issues, uh, false flag terrorism, globalism generally. Um, but yeah, I do want to pursue that again. Maybe I'll look at it next summer, but it's funding. So we'll see what happens with all of it. Um, but in terms of the current state of the world, I think uh, I haven't really paid too much attention to Azerbaijan and South America, uh, I will admit. Um, trying to keep an eye on everything is tough. Um, I've really been focused on Israel-Palestine. Um, I think the big development there is we had Antonio Gutierrez, um, UN Secretary General, um, invoking Article 99, which is basically a little line in the UN Charter um, that says that the UN Secretary General, who in this case is Antonio Gutierrez, um, can 
basically go to the security council, uh, knock on their door, so to speak, and say, hey, you need to look at this issue and look at it right now because this is the thing that's causing a big global problem. This could lead to something far worse unless you address it and you address it right here, right now. Um, so that is the purpose of Article 99. Um, it doesn't really have teeth so to speak so he cannot really force any of the countries to do anything which is ultimately why the un is um really somewhat of a, a useless organization it can make really powerful political statements but it can't necessarily do anything but that really is what this is for this invocation of article 99 it is a super powerful political statement that is kind of him slamming his political fist on the table and saying hey uh, this is spiraling out of control. Um, are any of you, the most powerful members of the United Nations, are any of you going to do anything to solve this problem? Um, particularly the five permanent members of the Security Council. Are you going to do anything? Um, he's reportedly, uh, repeatedly, sorry, uh, calls for a ceasefire. Um, his statements have been called anti-Semitic. Um, so he's been well and truly thrown under the bus um, by the Israeli side of all of this. Um, I think uh, undeservedly so, for the most part. Um, and you, again, you can't... What Israel is doing, the extent that they have now gone to, this is far above and beyond just self-defense. This is far above and beyond responding to a crisis. This is blown all out of proportion. And God only knows where it's going to go next. I'm afraid... Um... I'm afraid to find out real quick. Um, Stuart, we're going to jump to our headlines. Be right back. Okay, everybody listen up. Big news. Big news. For real big news. Here we go. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. The man suspected of killing three people during a daylight mass shooting at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas on Wednesday has been identified as a professor who failed to secure a job at the school. The High Court in London has thrown out objections to government plans to use two disused RAF bases to house single-male illegal immigrants seeking asylum. Australia's parliament has passed legislation designed to make the nation a world leader in tobacco control. Globalist agendas. Democratic rights at risk. Corruption. Propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Talking to Stuart J. Hooper. Find him on Twitter X if you have an account. You don't have an excuse not to follow him on Stuart J, uh, at Stuart J Hooper, uh, as well as his YouTube uh, channel. I, I do want to continue with Israel, but I just want to get your reaction real quick. And I thought this story was amusing. Um, U.S. Senator uh, put out a memo today talking about a new U.S. national security threat, uh, Stuart. Garlic. Garlic from China now is in national security that threat what do you make of that yeah that one again i i've not called that one but yeah just uh anything at this point right anything that can possibly be a national security threat um 
uh, anything that's not coming from the United States could be uh, could be a danger. Um, but yeah, the, the the real cause of all of this, um, of course, is uh, economic globalization, political globalization, and even military globalization. Um, we've globalized everything, and now politicians are upset that domestic populations are mad about it. Um, so you sent all of the jobs overseas, you sent political control overseas, EU, UN, um, these sorts of bodies. Um, you sent military control overseas, NATO, and now you're upset that there are large swaths of people that want that control back, that want that power back. Um, again, this is a problem of their own making, and you could have seen this coming from a mile away um, as an issue. But yeah, garlic, um, not sure it's the greatest geopolitical issue of our, of our age, but uh, again, perhaps goes to show the level of competence that we have in the US government, that they would choose to focus on uh, garlic before uh, perhaps something uh, that involves human lives. Borders are open, um, you know, wokifying the military, injecting them with Pentagon juice. But hey, garlic from China, balloons from China. Let's freak out about that. But getting back to Israel, you know, I was listening to a podcast last night, a Christian podcast. And, you know, one of my dilemmas that I'm trying to deal with intellectually is um, it's, it's interesting to listen to some of the Christians where they back Israel carte blanche, blank check, and I, I notice them, they avoid talk completely. They avoid addressing the bad things that Israel is doing. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm at the point where, you know, I, I also, I, I look at, you know, look at the Palestinian suffering, but I, I still back the existence of the state of Israel. And I'm trying to square that theology now where some Christians that I uh, respect, it's like, okay, back Israel, but why are you ignoring you know palestine you're, you're basically saying let them take over gaza and west bank or, or or you know kill the palestinian christians in there and it's just kind of funny how they avoid that subject completely you know there's there's something wrong there but you know great max blumenthal of gray zone recently posted an article and ian davis who just um, wrote an article for my website geopoliticsandempire.com very long article on al-aqsa being a false flag and he also mentioned this atrocity propaganda um and you know i'm not i'm not falling for the 40 was the 40 babies stuff it's like we went through that in 1990 with the um kuwaiti kuwait um what was it minister's um daughter who who lied about iraqi babies now we've got israeli babies so you guys lied the last time how much and you don't show us any evidence this time so how are we supposed to believe you but um, you know, your further thoughts on what's going on in Israel, the atrocity propaganda. Um, and, you know, I, I would agree with Ian Davis's assessment that this was at least uh, let it happen on purpose. Um, he Everything he talks about is documented with official sources, and it shows that basically it's like some of the, 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 the heads in the Israeli establishment stepped back and let hamas come in and they did bad things right they killed israelis but that's typically how false flags work pearl harbor fdr intentionally allowed thousand plus americans to be killed which was then the pretext to amplify the war same for the lusitania we have the evidence it was in 1917 that americans uh intentionally uh let a thousand plus people on the lusitania drown and uh, be hit by the german um was it subs, U-boats, uh, whatever? Um, this is how wars, this is how things work. So your further thoughts on Israel-Palestine? 
Yeah, um, definitely. I think um, when it comes to the the, 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 the uh, Christian right, specifically in the United States, um, yeah, this is uh, somewhat of an issue. Um, I'm all for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, believe what you want. But when you're using a religion to justify your foreign policy decisions, that's where you've now immediately lost me. Um, you cannot do this. Um, you cannot do this and claim that you are a democracy. And I think that's actually a central issue for Israel's claim to be a democracy. I mean, it is essentially um, um, it's built on the Jewish faith. Um, it, well, if you are built on a particular faith and you could pick any faith that you want, um, if you have a government that's built on the back of that, um, that violates one of the central tenets of a democracy, which is the separation of church and state. And you do not want your state to sponsor a religion or a particular group one over another, because then what does that mean for everybody else that's outside of that group? What does it mean for um, people that are Hindus or Buddhists or Christians? What does it mean for those groups? So this is why generally it's a bad idea. And it's not just picking on one religion. It's saying that if you do that anywhere, that tends to lead to bad outcomes and the, the founding fathers figured this out um hundreds of years ago at this point just from their observations of what was going on um throughout europe where if in some places if you're a catholic that's really bad and if other places if you're a protestant that's really bad so it just tends to be um a disaster um but the the idea that you can just turn a blind eye to what israel is doing is um it's just unconscionable at this point like i said um, nobody is saying that Israel doesn't have a right to defend itself. Well, I mean, at least we're not here. I mean, I guess some people out there are saying that, and um, we're not saying that here. We're saying, yeah, you have a right to defend yourself. You have a right to protect your people. In fact, that's the duty of the state itself to actually defend its people. Um, but what is currently going on right now is not self-defense. I mean, they have displaced, the current number is 1.8 million people. That's 1.8 million people that were in one place, living, existing, um, living out their lives. And now that place is not only somewhere that they can't go to, that place has been erased from the face of the earth. So imagine if you wake up tomorrow and everything that you know and everything that you do in your life is gone. I mean, literally gone because it has been raised off the face of the earth with bombs. I mean, that's what 1.8 million people are currently going through. Um, so, you yeah, know, this is a, an ever-growing disaster and israel's problem is um i think what netanyahu is currently doing is he's trying to drag this conflict out for as long as humanly possible so it puts off the discussion of how the hell did this happen because as long as the conflict is going on and the fighting keeps going on well uh, we can't have that discussion right now because uh people are fighting people are dying we need to win the war the war has got to be the focus so Netanyahu may be in the position of where he is currently fighting and killing Palestinians in Gaza and wiping out the Gaza Strip in an attempt to secure his own political future. Uh, now, that is a really uh, disastrously negative light to place upon what's currently going on. Um, but I think it's uh, emerging as a, a more and more um, evident option for an explanation of what is really going on here. And also in terms of what you said, um, the warnings and let it happen on purpose. I remember on October the 8th, there was a report that said the Egyptian government had warned the Israeli government um, months or weeks in advance that, hey, something is clearly going on here. Things are moving in places that they shouldn't be moving. Um, you should maybe go and check this out. There, there could be an attack and nothing was done. 
Um, so again, he's putting off Netanyahu, that is. He's putting off having to have these discussions as long as the war keeps raging on. Um, because then he can just say, well, we can't have that discussion right now um, because we don't have time. Lives are at stake. We must act now. Emergency, emergency. So again, we see crisis um, coming into play in the political sphere and erasing any um, inkling of a democratic state. And this is what C. Wright Mills in The Power Elite points out again and again and again. If you have a crisis, um, this means the government can do whatever the hell it wants because, oh no, emergency, the house is burning down. Well, there's no room for discussion, no debate, no compromise, no nothing. Everybody just jumps on board with the leadership in charge and they can do whatever the hell they want. And all sense of democracy goes well and truly out the window. And and, and just to you know, go back to the Israel-Palestine issue, I mean, I was looking at Scott Horton's Twitter. He's been on the show with me. And he was looking, you know, Mark Levin, who shared a story from Town Hall. There are no innocent Palestinians. And it, it starts by, you know, on that fall October day in Israel, countless barbaric and human atrocities were committed by these Palestinian terrorists against innocent Israeli men, women, children. Again, no one's, I'm not denying that, right? But now, um, how can you say an entire people group um is is not innocent and one of the arguments um he says you know palestinians should have thought about that before they elected terrorists to govern them what about the terrorists in my own government the american government that are killing people you know let's you know in syria right now and yemen and and ukraine and who knows renditioning uh american citizens themselves you know shutting off my bank accounts i didn't you know i didn't like these american terrorists so you could say the same thing for me it's my fault that we got the government it's your fault well you're not an american uh, Stuart, but <laughs> but um you know it's, it's my fault that we got this government in washington so there are no innocent americans right there are no innocent palestinians i mean this logic like you mentioned this um establishment right this these for this what do you call what do they call them this is fake conservatives you know uh there's different terms for them um they're nuts and they're they're basically i guess you can call them warmongers they're, they're backing uh war you know against the palestinians again uh, war against iran right they're making the case and so there's got to be nuance here it's just it's, it's no good was that a mark levin who said that no, he was citing an article from Town Hall, which was written by D.W. Wilbur um, today. Yeah, um, again, it's just uh, it's unbelievable. And um, you would think that the the rationale for the creation of the state of Israel would maybe hint at the fact that um, you wouldn't really want to repeat anything that even looks like it might come close to that. Um, I don't think... Um, it's it's really possible to call this on a technical level a genocide meeting the technical standard for genocide is really legally tough if you go and look how many people have actually ever been prosecuted for it is a teeny tiny number of people um but ethnic cleansing uh, in my last video piece that i put out over on twitter and on youtube I went through the UN definition of ethnic cleansing. It's actually not technically its own crime, um, but there was a group of UN experts that went through and they defined exactly what this is. Um, and when you look at that definition, I think that applies 
almost perfectly to what Israel is currently doing in Gaza. They are uprooting people of a certain race, a certain religion, forcing them to go somewhere else, not allowing them to return, using violence, cutting off food supplies, cutting off water supplies, medical supplies, education, everything that a, a functioning society would need, all being cut off. Um, and where are these people supposed to go? Well, evidently somewhere else. But where the hell that somewhere else is going to be? This is what Israel is not thinking through. This is what uh, Netanyahu is not thinking through. Um, what are you going to do with 2.2 million people um, where you've eviscerated and annihilated their entire um, territory? Where the hell are they going to go? Um, Egypt doesn't want them. The other Arab states don't want them. Unfortunately, they've been kind of used and abused by the Arab states throughout their history. Um, but yeah, this is this is the issue. Um, and it's a 2.2 million person sized issue. Yeah, and there was this uh, comment from UN refugee chief Filippo Grandi. An exodus of Palestinians from Gaza into neighboring countries would be catastrophic. Uh, he stressed the need for a ceasefire. Quote, I hope that there will not be a regional exodus of Palestinians. It is very, very important to address um, the humanitarian crisis and in insufficient aid going into Gaza to prevent an exodus that would be really catastrophic. And I don't have the source now, but I read somewhere else, you know, other people commenting. I mean, where where are they all um going to go it's it's a real crisis it's time for our break uh Stuart we will be right back give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg they say that everybody has a podcast these days and I recently found out that Roseanne Barr has one so I guess it's true now I soured on Roseanne when she did this at a Padres game back in 1990 <laughs> Well, here she is 33 years later on a podcast, hers, with none other than Tucker Carlson. Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the Roseanne Barr podcast. I got a good one today. I got the guest of all guests. How do you feel about Trump saying he would consider you for vice oh, president? Oh, gosh, I don't <laughs> I put that in the category of asteroids striking the Earth. <laughs> good or bad, uh -huh. it's so far out the side, outside of my control that I... Would I mean, you? I'm flattered. Yeah, it is flattering, isn't it? For sure. But I mean, it's hard to, you know, I've never been in politics. I've never. Would you ever do it? Would I accept? Yeah, if I you really have to ask think you. About that. Um, I mean, I spent my whole life looking at politicians and commenting on them and passing judgment on them. And I've never run for, you know, room mother. And so the idea of that is so far from anything I've ever done, it's kind of hard even to imagine. I didn't hear the word no. <laughs> Did you? Thanks, Roseanne. And thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. Around here, bushfire is just a part of life. We've been through it before. And we'll get through it again. The people here all look out for each other. We're a community that does its bit to plan and prepare to keep everyone safe. We live with bushfire, so we live bushfire ready. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We're talking to lecturer Stuart J. Hooper. 
our last segment with him uh do check out his ex account Stuart J Hooper as well as YouTube where he does short um analysis there and we've been talking about Israel Palestine but I just see um reported today you know Rand Paul tried to stop this but uh the Senate shot it down Senate votes down resolution to withdraw troops from Syria which is absolutely um insane bill failed in the vote of 13 to 84 84 warhawks <laughs> absolutely crazy what, what do you make of that I mean it's it's you know in the back in the background we still got that war going on uh in in Syria U.S troops illegally in uh giant northeastern chunk of Syria siphoning off 80 plus percent of um Damascus's oil that that's uh crazy any thoughts on that yeah uh, I saw that too so we have um it was 84 to 13 so 84 senators um apparently believe that having American bases in Syria is just a fantastic idea this is absolutely uh America first this is absolutely for American national security um I mean it's just unbelievable um until you flip that number until it becomes 13 yes 84 no whatever the number was I think there are a few people who who sat it out I think um yeah this uh is is not good um this is uh until you flip that around I mean the, the U.S government isn't gonna isn't gonna solve your problems the U.S Congress isn't gonna solve your problems the Senate isn't gonna get this done um I think the there were a couple of counts that posted out all of the senators that did vote um, to actually take the US out of Syria um, and try to acknowledge those people, but they're few and far between. Um, the I think it's fair to say that the American government and Congress in particular um, has been almost entirely captured by the military industrial complex. Um, the, the the big five in particular, um, your Northrop Grumman's, Lockheed's, Raytheon's, these sorts of players, they deliberately open factories in as many states as humanly possible so that they can claim to the state representatives, the congressmen, the senators, that, hey, uh, don't cut the military budget, because if you do, that means people in your state are going to lose their jobs. This is Keynesian militarism. Um, so this is how the military industrial complex is set up and how it um, justifies itself to congressmen. And congressmen, of course, are more fearful of their chances of re-election than anything else, um, which whenever i bring that up in classes with students they they um they take a second to think it through but then all of a sudden it clicks and they start to figure out why nothing ever really gets done in washington because the the congressmen don't want to do anything and they don't want to touch anything at all because they're so frightened that if they mess it up um their chances of re-election are going to go straight out of the nearest window um so this is a, a big problem um how you remedy this you need term limits, I think, is the best way to remedy this. Um, you need to say you can be in the Senate for two terms. That's 12 years. Then get the hell out of here. Go and do something else. Um, find a job. Go into the private sector. But your government service was recognized and appreciated. But 12 years is long enough for a senator. Goodbye. Um, and then for a member of the House, I don't know, maybe you could have that six years, three terms. You come in and then you're out. Um, I'm in the state of Oklahoma, which is one of the few states that has state level term limits for its state 
uh, representatives um, at the state level within Oklahoma. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's something that the federal government, unless you do that, um, I don't think there's much point doing anything else. Money in politics is, of course, a huge issue, but that structural problem of not having term limits i think really is the root cause of a lot of this people get in um they basically get absorbed into the system molded to become a part of it and then they just act like the system um as as everybody else does trump did this to an extent right he made all these big grand claims about what he was going to do with foreign policy um getting the us out of nato ending all of the wars things like this and yes he didn't really start any new wars which was good that was a that's a new thing for president we'll, we'll give him a thumbs up on that one um but in the grand scheme of things he didn't really change too much one of the first foreign policy decisions he made was launching a, a strike cruise missile strike into syria then he assassinated Soleimani in iran um so even trump who was making these big grand claims um once he got into the office and was surrounded by all of these experts um military officials well they molded him and pushed him in their direction and brought him squarely away from where he was claiming he wanted to go um so this is a big problem um and yeah I, that, that's my general thoughts on all of that lots to discuss uh, as always <clears throat> yeah and it's funny last night i was you know catching up with some stuff the raging dissident jeremy Mackenzie up in Canada, 14-year Canadian military veteran, has gotten into trouble. Uh, they actually debanked him. And again, I don't agree with everything he says. He's got some stuff that kind of goes, I don't know if he's joking or, you know, goes borderline um, somewhere where I don't want to go. But he has a good uh, analysis. And he was actually talking about this um, last night in this five-minute clip where he said, you know, everything's inverted, that the politicians' priorities are completely inverted from everything consistent with good leadership. We don't even have okay leadership. We have none. Uh, you know, he's talking about how politicians, when they come to power, they should do first the will of the people, what, what's what's right. And any benefits for themselves would be like an afterthought. If, if it's possible, if not, we're going to do our mission to serve the country. And it's completely inverted uh now everywhere and all an afterthought if if it's possible if not we're going to do our mission to serve the country and it's completely inverted uh now everywhere and all well you know most countries but i did want to ask you you know douglas mcgregor he tweets today the white house has made direct threats against russia kirby said the u.s military would likely intervene if russia achieves victory in the conflict in ukraine the u.s military will very likely have to get involved if putin achieves a strategic victory in uh ukraine earlier biden expressed confidence in russian aggression towards nato after his victory in the current conflict quote if putin takes ukraine he will not stop he will continue to move and attack a nato ally end quote mcgregor says this statement confirms that americans are governed by morons but even more interesting um it could go the complete other way kit clarenberg of gray zone is citing a rand document i mean really i think with everything going on you can pr probably find a Rand white paper or a Brookings white paper uh, where they strategically planned out like what's going on now with Guyana and Venezuela. Uh, and Kit reports how there's this Rand document where they fleshed out this whole scenario where they recommended slowly and subtly creating the conditions for Kiev's betrayal and uh, negotiated end in the time frame that would serve U.S interest so you you've even got like the pentagon war gaming um winding down the whole ukraine ukraine thing which may, may be what we'll see 
Uh, you know, any, any further thoughts in the few minutes we have left on, on this or um, other issues? Yeah, think tanks are always something to look at and uh, take seriously and, and what the think tanks are, are putting out there, especially, like you said, RAND and Brookings, um, Council on Foreign Relations. These really are the, the hive minds for uh, the agenda. Let's put it that way. Um, um, the agenda that's really driving all of this stuff. Um, but Ukraine was always ever being just used and abused um, by NATO. It was fighting NATO's war against the Russians. It was a proxy war really from uh, day one. Um, I don't know if you could necessarily say that um, the West hoped that this would happen, but once it did, um, they were more than happy to go ahead and just jump on this and, well, uh, let's fight to the last Ukrainian. And there was that really big New York Times report that came out a couple of months back now that that showed precisely how much um, ground had been gained by both sides, and it was negligible, small quarter mile, half mile amounts here and there along this front line, which for the most part had not moved at all. So both sides are just throwing people into a meat grinder and moving absolutely nowhere. Um, welcome to modern warfare. Um, you think we would have learned these lessons in World War One, uh, but apparently not. Um, so this is um, a big, a big problem because Ukraine now, um, to an extent, is being thrown under the bus. Um, Ukraine is by far the biggest geopolitical loser of what has just occurred in the Middle East because now nobody's talking about Ukraine. Nobody's really considering Ukraine in, in mainstream thought. Let's say the whole conversation has been directed um, to the Middle East. Um, and they've lost out incredibly um, as a result of this. Um, you have uh, this, uh, I think it was uh, Tucker Carlson, you may have seen it, the tweet he put out as well, where he um, had information that Lloyd Austin um, had basically told congressmen that if you do not vote for aid to Ukraine, we will be sending your sons and brothers and uncles to go and fight Russia instead of the Ukrainians. Um, so this is kind of a wild accusation. Um, I don't think Tucker cited a source on that, but we're assuming that he has a, an inside um ear on what's going on with that particular issue but that's a big one if you have the secretary of defense going around and say hey vote for this or we're going to war with russia um well that's basically blackmail and that's not what the the job of the secretary of defense is but perhaps it's the job of a secretary of defense who comes from the board of raytheon um as lloyd austin does um so perhaps that is his job to ensure that you do keep funneling money into the military industrial complex um because he would he'd really prefer that that congress did that and they kept doing that um perhaps he's got some nice retirement stocks uh tied up in some of these companies um again even if they have to disclose it or sell it off i mean the extent to which all that stuff happens i don't really know um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just generally not good. We're in a really dangerous situation overall. Yeah, there's also this story from TASS. Paul Craig Roberts reports he didn't give... Oh, here, here's the link. Soros family makes deal with Kiev to use Ukrainian farmland as toxic waste dump. Absolutely crazy. All right. Great to have you uh, with us. Stuart J. Cooper on Twitter and YouTube. Keep up the great work. We'll um, talk again, or I'm sure you'll, you'll be on Chris Smith's program. Uh, as well uh, i'm signing off steve milesburg is up next stay tuned be seeing you <laughs>